welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on selfdiscoveryradio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Kimberly Lovell, all the way from the UK again. I love my UK guests. Always bring something rather intriguing. And we have got archetypes for you today. Now, I often hear people talking about archetypes, but who are they? What are they? What the hell does it mean? Well, we're going to dive into that today and find out. And we're going to be particularly talking around financial abundance. A lot of people um, misconstrued that when you are living in spirituality or living with soul uh, in any form of divine essence, therefore you've committed a vow of poverty and that money is evil. There is <laughs> so far away from that that it's uh, quite ridiculous. It's that we look at money in a different way. It's a tool. It's not got the power over us. It doesn't define us. We understand it's a working tool that we can use to embedder what we do and embedder the world. So that is the approach that we are meant to have of it. But I know that it's very, very hard because in a lot of the times when you live in that spiritual world or you're doing spiritual business, we are such givers and we want to make everybody well and better and happy and joyful that uh, we don't place the importance on that monetary game because it actually feeds us literally so it's finding that balance and giving yourself permission to be abundant and we're going to really this is for everybody today anybody can listen to the show but we're going to focus in on those coaches um, and those healers out there that are doing such wonderful work for humanity and and to help people find their equilibrium and their balance and their beauty in life to which Kimberly can also talk about because she is multi-dimensional even though we're only targeting one uh, particular subject today. Um, but to empower you to actually embrace that uh, the importance of you also must be a monetary importance as well. And that do not look at money as um, something evil or something uh, that is going to take away your spiritual power. It's that balance. So the archetypes are going to actually tell us how you look at money or how money looks at you. Now, just a little input here. I recently found out from somebody who's been working on um, my soul core, and she said, did you know that you wrote a vow of poverty some lifetimes ago, and this has been traveling with you from one lifetime to another? And I thought, oh my God, that makes sense. Because no matter what I do, I can't seem to make money or hold on to it. And it's always I'm giving it away. And this made sense to it. So the, um, the vow of poverty has been incinerated. It's been drowned. It's been courted. It's been totally and utterly destroyed. And this show personally for me is absolutely perfect because I'm opened up to the vow of prosperity and abundance. And I'm going to find out if my archetype can actually invite that and the, you know, the approach that we look to wealth uh, and that financial abundance and how we invite it. So let's bring our beautiful expert in, Kimberly, and find out how we do embrace that financial abundance, how we look at it and um, how we invite it, because that's very, very important. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Thank you, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. Well, a very appropriate time for me. Um, so nothing, you know, it's always the universe always answers, right? You know, and it is, I need help. And there you were, right? So 
Um, I'm, I'm going to be a little greedy today and go, okay, you can use me as a guinea pig, please do, and <laughs> discuss what the archetypes are all about. First and foremost, and we, you do so much, and we will get through that in the show, but we're going to focus in on the, money, on the archetypes today. Mm-hmm. What are archetypes? Because we hear it all the time, but nobody kind of really explains it. Uh, yeah, so um, I have to say that kind of working with money is uh, a huge part of my mission um, because, it, you know, we all, as you're saying, we all need money. We live in a society where we are exchanging our goods and our services for money and money is just energy. But gosh, we have so much stuff around it. Yeah. So um, it's huge and particularly spiritual heart centered um, people, you know. Um, so yeah, so archetypes are just a, a fascinating tool to be able to work with and I use them both for um, working with people around their money mindset but also for branding. I do branding with archetypes and something called sacred money archetypes. So for me, healing the split in the collective consciousness between money and spirituality is absolutely vital because I'm all about helping to transform the world and empowering the healers, therapists and coaches to be able to do that without the money they can't live their purpose Mm. they can't help people all of that stuff so i'm so excited to to share about the archetypes and so the archetypes were really developed by a guy called carl jung who was um, a psychiatrist many many years ago and so a lot of people have heard of um the mother archetype the father archetype the queen so the queen is like the ruler um, so in the sacred money archetypes, I actually work with eight different archetypes. Okay, some of those will probably jump out at people and they'll recognize them or think, yeah, that's me. Um, I'll go through a little bit about each archetype and we're going to look and see um, specifically about your archetypes as well, Sarah, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, well, actually we could kind of dive in around um, your particular archetypes because you've got a couple that I share as well, um, not necessarily in the sacred money archetype system, but in the branding I've got uh, the alchemist that you've got. And um, I've also got the Maverick, which you have. I've got that one in my Sacred Money Archetypes. So, yeah, we've got the Maverick, the Nurturer, the Alchemist, the Connector, the Accumulator, the Ruler. Um, We've got the Romantic and the Celebrity. So these are the eight archetypes I work with in the Sacred Money Archetypes. Now, all of the archetypes can make money. Okay, they're really, if you think about, um, I kind of often talk about sub-personalities, so people have heard of, you know, the rebel, and the rebel is um, very much the maverick archetype. The maverick archetype is the inner rebel with a cause, okay, so it's not the rebel without a cause, it's the rebel with a cause. So um, when we work with our archetypes and we can align them, then we can, you know, find the abundance and we can be more aligned with our purpose, our passion and the prosperity. Often what I see with people is that they're conflicts. So there's certain archetypes that aren't working together. They're in conflict with one another. So, um, yeah, the maverick, if you imagine, you can have the positive expression or the negative expression of the archetypes working um, through you. And so the maverick is the inner rebel with a cause. 
but sometimes people have a maverick and, and they don't have the calls. Right. <laughs> so they're kind of, um, the maverick just wants to say no and rebel. Um, so often people with the maverick archetype, um, and I'm one of them. <laughs> we, I'm a very high um, one too for my school. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like um, authority figures because no. we, um, the mavericks are kind of like born leaders. They like to do things their way and they like to do things differently. So they don't like being told what to do. They don't like um, the rules and the regulations, you know. They like to think outside the box. They like to take risks and to do things their way, to do things slightly differently. They're quite creative. Um, those are all kind of like some positive traits, but you can see that, you know, um, it could get a little bit out of hand. You know, we've all got rules and regulations that we need to adhere to at times. Um, but yeah, so the Mavic is great, especially in, in um, business, because as I said, it's very creative and it will kind of be like a pioneer, if you like, um, charting new waters. But the, um, the Maverick is a bit of a risk taker. They like to gamble. Um, one of the things that happens with the Maverick is that they can be attracted to get rich quick opportunities, um, which is great if that works for you. You know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, they like to be, they're a little bit sometimes uh, scanners. So they like to go from one thing to another thing. Um, they like that kind of difference, you know. They, don't, they get bored quite easily. Um, so what can happen is that they're kind of like off chasing the next uh, shiny object rather than focusing on, you know, a business plan and a particular business model and kind of following through on the steps. They may try one thing and then they may switch and kind of get a bit bored with it and do something else. Um, so the challenge for the maverick is to balance the extremes, really, the, you know, like the extreme risks um, and financial security. So there's kind of more of um, an even keel where money's concerned. A flow is what you want to have with money. So often what happens with the maverick is you get kind of like the feast or famine. Yeah. So it's all or nothing. Yep. Does that make sense to you? Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, I, I love the Maverick. Um, often the Maverick as well, they, they're not, um, they can be not as focused on the money. They're not as focused because they don't like boring things. Mm -hmm. So things like bank account statements, <laughs> mm -hmm. they're not as um, on the wall with those perhaps, you know. So sometimes they're not really keeping up with um, the money stuff and they kind of bury their heads um, in a bit like an ostrich, bury their head in the sand. So I have worked with quite a few people who've got the maverick archetype that at some point or other maybe have, have kind of, you know, accumulated some debt or something simply because of those um, strategies or they've maybe invested in something that didn't work out because they, you know, um, they maybe described me completely. Gamble, <laughs> you know. I'm um, so you know. It's good to invest. Um, I've invested, you know, a ton of money in my business mentoring and, and coaching. That's good. But it's about knowing the return on investment and taking measured risks. But the maverick can sometimes just leap without really looking or thinking, um, or without following through. Yeah. So that's your top archetype. So the thing with the top three archetypes is that. Um, you know, your, your top archetype is really quite prominent and plays out quite in quite a big way yeah. in your life. And the second archetype, which in your case is the nurturer, um, should and could support the positive aspects of the first archetype. Yeah. So the nurturer is 
like your inner sponsor. Okay, and some of the things that you were talking about there in the, in the intro were really interesting because that's very much the nurturer. So the nurturer is the giver. Um, sometimes, you know, give, gives beyond um, their limits, their reserves. So they give so much to other people, but they forget to look after and nurture themselves, honour themselves. So their biggest um, gift to their clients and, and to their business would be to empower themselves. So they don't need to give away all the time or all the money. Yeah. So often people who've got the nurturer archetype have been either emotionally, um, but often financially as well, financially supporting others, you know. Um, and so the, the, often some of the underlying beliefs around that are that they have to, um, to give, they have to support others in order to be loved or they have to give in order to receive, you know. So they're very much focused on that giving. Um, Yeah, that's the way the value is, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a great thing to be able to give, but everything needs to be in balance. So we also need to learn how to receive, yeah? And so I find a lot of nurturers really um, are challenged in the area of receiving. And that's been a huge lesson for me in the last few years. Yeah, Um, Yeah, me too. I gave away too much and then completely depleted and I had to learn to receive which was extremely hard for me to do. Yes, yeah. It's so interesting. I think that whole thing around receiving, um, for a lot of people that are in that, you know, um, empowering people, coaching, healing, healers, therapists, um, it's huge because we're kind of focused on the other person. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I remember this really hit home for me back last year it was a silly little thing really I was um, away on a conference and I'd gone into a coffee shop which was kind of connected with the the seminar and um, went to get my purse out of my bag and I'd found I'd left it back at the house so I asked the person behind me who was also staying at the same house as me you know gonna borrow some money and the guy behind the counter said oh no it's fine have the coffee on us and I was like oh no no it's okay you know I'll, I'll borrow it and then I'll pay him back later and he's like no have it on us and I just really struggled to, yes. to be okay with it right and and to the point that it was just crazy uh he made me the coffee I took the coffee thank you I'll bring it I'll pay you tomorrow no 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 it's on us okay all the way to the sem- you know to the seminar drinking my coffee I was walking across the to the doors saying to myself um okay right well, I'm sure that you know when I get back the purse is on my bed and then I'll bring it in and I'll pay them tomorrow and then I caught myself and I realized how ridiculous I was being for maybe like two bucks for a coffee right and I hadn't even allowed myself to receive the gift of you know two bucks for a coffee well you know to interject on that one of the the things as as a giver and and not a receiver um, we forget that we need to allow other people to give gifts exactly and you know it's it's not just about us getting it's about (laughs) us giving the gift of someone to gift us yes yeah because there has one to be, if, if you like that. Yeah, so so fascinating. But yeah, so the nurturer is amazing at um, you know they make great sponsors, great coaches, great um, empowerers, always looking out for people and supportive and and cheerleaders. But they really need to make sure that they are looking out for themselves, that they take time for themselves. Because we can invest, you know, in different ways. We can be investing emotionally. We can give people time. We can give people money. But again, it's about taking time for ourselves, um, you know, resting, relaxing, taking time out and also um, investing in ourselves, you know, investing in our business and so forth. So, Every yeah. nurture I know has completely burnt out. Yes. 
and uh, you know being completely depleted including myself and mm-hmm. and then had to start all over again yeah. um you know kind of partly broken um, yes. and so i think i think you know maverick is kind of as you said the go getter i've got a cause boom 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 but yeah. you know the nurture is it's like you know kind of almost we don't feel whole unless we're giving something mm-hmm. of ourselves away Yes. Um, but if we keep giving away and we're not replenishing, what have we got to yeah. give? We're running on exactly. empty. There's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's a warning the, with nurturer. Yeah, you know, very you, much so. You may expire <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pay some nurturing on yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mm. think, yes. Yeah, put your own oxygen mask on, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Learn to oxygenate yourself, most certainly. Yeah. So, but you know, in terms of your your maverick, the nurturer can support the maverick um, because the nurturer is kind of like the nurturer stands back more, you know. Um, whereas the ma- maverick's right out there in front, you know, they're gone. Um, the nurturer is kind of much more encouraging, but a, a more of a steadying influence. So I think that, you know, that the nurture could be really good influence for your maverick. Kind of, and kind of the conscience in a lot of ways, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that balance. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's good. Um, yeah. So, and then you've got the alchemist, which is the inner idealist as the alchemist. Now, a lot of people that are in the world of transformation in whatever way have got an alchemist archetype. Um, and the alchemist is all about ideas. The alchemist, the um, the sacred purpose is about transformation and magic. Yeah. Um, so an alchemist can uh, churn out ideas faster than you could write them down. You know, it's oh, like God, yes. <laughs> there's just so many. I was talking with a guy the other day. Um, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, and he was. Um, we were talking about business ideas and plans that he had, and it was like, you know, we have so many ideas, so many plans, we can't possibly implement them all. You know, um, so the alchemist is great because there's all this information that we're kind of um, connecting with, and, and all these resources that we can generate, but actually. The, the challenge is about focusing and transforming these ideas into financial success. So a lot of alchemists, um, you know, maybe have, I don't know if you write lists at all, Sarah, or you're into journaling, but, you know, they have, yeah, these visions, these dreams, all these ideas and plans and quite, you know, lofty plans and so forth. That So many, though, that they don't, kind of don't get off the ground and sometimes the energy can be scattered. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can completely relate. I, I call myself yeah. a possibility person. I see yes. the end picture. You yes. know. I want to put a yeah. hotel there where from the roots up I'm showing you and I'm telling you who's coming. You know, yes. it's I can see the end picture. Um, uh-huh. but in my work it's always allowed me to see the possibilities in other people. Yes. Because I can see those layers. And the nurture yeah. in me wants them to see it too. And the uh-huh. maverick in me wants them to get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great because we need all of that, right? Exactly, exactly. But yeah, what I found with the alchemist, and I do a lot of um, intuitive work with people, and so I'm always coming up with people's brand names, coming up with kind of like packages or programs for them, and all kinds of wonderful ideas that they're like, oh, I never thought of that. I could do that all day long. But for myself, you know, then it's hard work because it's almost like the alchemist is like a channel. You know, so you're kind of tapping into this stream of consciousness and, you know, there's millions of possibilities and probabilities kind of that, you know, I, 
um, one of the things I find with The Alchemist is that if I've been given an idea and I don't ground it and I don't pursue it, six months later I'll find somebody's got a book out with that name that I got. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yes. Because you put so, it out there to the universe and somebody else yeah, purchased it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it, because it's like this information or these ideas, these concepts are waiting to be birthed right. and they're in, you know, everything is already present and we're kind of subconsciously picking them up. You know, and we get this little idea and we're like, yeah. But of course, you know, we can do, you know, a few things at a time, but we can't do all of these ideas. So when we're in that, we've got great mental capacities, you know, alchemists are amazing at um, visioning, at ideas and strategies and uh, resources, all that kind of stuff. But it's about following through, it's about transforming these ideas into uh, success rather than kind of, you know, some sort of one yeah. day maybe type yeah, of thing. Yeah, and, and I would say in, through the years I've been kind of caught up with that, you know, kind of the mm-hmm. focusing or honing it in. And uh, yeah. it's actually when I started writing, um, you know, that huh? I did start solidifying and seeing, you know, actually just through my writing, actually discovering myself because yes. I would just write, you know, an idea came to head, let my fingers do the writing, um, kind of post it. And then later, I would come back and read it and go, who wrote that? And I'd go, oh, it was mm-hmm. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and I yeah. kind of discovered a lot about myself. So it became my honing in. Um, yes. And, uh, and then kind of solidifying, as you said, those ideas. And I'm also a person, if I don't write it down or if I don't speak to it, it's gone because I'm such a now person. Yes. So yeah. it's, you know, always have a pen and paper or something. You know, of course, people have iPhones. They can just record yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, because it's uh, it was gifted to you in that moment, and if you don't have a memory to retain it, it's mm-hmm. gone, right? Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know people have like little jars that they put things in. I'm I'm kind of a laptop girl myself, so I oh, kind of journal. On, you know, on, I'm gone on the days of handwriting yeah. for me mostly. But yeah, whatever works for you. So some people I know they kind of like write things down and they put them in a scrapbook or they put them in a little jar or something, and you know. That's a really good way when you get lots of ideas and you you know you've already got projects or plans that are on the go to kind of to do that and then when you've completed that project <laughs> then go on to something different you know unless of course it's some amazing um, project that's kind of come in and it's like that's that's it but the tendency often is that you know we kind of get sidetracked and then we do too much multitasking and we are we are so scattered with our energy so very much about focus and yeah I mean, and you know looking at these you know these ones I mean they've 100% described me you know the artist mm. nurturing mm. maverick but they're yep. all visionaries you know yes. they're, all, they're all about yep. you know um, seeing what needs to be done get, you know nurturing you know that's why I do the radio station I celebrate people yeah. like I nurture their work it, so that other people will know about it and mm-hmm. and uh, you know celebrate who they are and, and their ideas and helping them get out there and do what they need to do but the one problem I have which is something I'm always looking for and I just find it so hard to find in me because it's not is structure and that Mm -hmm. is that's painful for me I'm about to go through a process right now and it's like I keep delaying it because I can't get the focus (laughs) yeah so looking at these three alchemists you know these three uh, things fantastic but uh-huh. you know, I need a builder. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, here you go. There, you see, your nurture, in a way, can be a builder, 
because the nurture is all about supporting others, but it's mm. about you Turning supporting yourself and creating, you know, one of the things, um, because each of these archetypes can apply in different areas of um, business as well. Um, so, you know, the, the alchemist is great, is the visionary, is the person that's kind of the part of you that's um, involved when you're doing your business plan and your business vision and, and mission, yeah? Um, but the nurturer is... Um, Nurture is also the kind of person that you want on your team, you know, when we talk about the support, because it's about support and structures that are going to support you. So it could be about systems that will support you and, and team members that will support you. Um, very often, um, I know a lot of people in business, particularly women, I think, I don't think men are as bad about this, but, you know, um, I know I've struggled with this, is um, having other people support me, you know, and letting go, because sometimes yeah. we feel we have to do it all ourselves. You know, so that's a, that's a big thing when you're wanting to build your business. You can't do everything. You're not great at everything. Well, you might be great at it, but you, can't, you physically can't do it all. Yeah. yeah. So you do what you love doing, which obviously, you know, you're in your element doing what you're doing right now. Um, and then have other people that can support and maybe, you know, help you out. Like I've got accountants and technical people and that kind of stuff, you know. Do you find but people that, you know, are mavericks, especially a high maverick, are kind mm-hmm. of... Um, very often loners. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, much. I mean, I talk to people all day long, obviously, in, mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. in global station. Uh, yeah. But uh, when it comes to it, um, I'm quite a loner because I find uh, sometimes I think my maverick is too much for people. Yes. As in, not it's too much, but yeah, I know <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> There's a couple of archetypes like that because I've got a ruler archetype. So I mean, the ruler. Um, Ruler is an interesting one. The ruler is like the queen, okay? Um, the ruler is about building an empire, um, which rulers are really good at. You know, they're kind of very business orientated, again, kind of like good with the, with the vision part. Um, they're also really good with kind of creating a legacy. The challenge for the ruler archetype is to do it with grace and with ease because often the ruler is driven by um, a belief that there's not enough, Okay, and that's something again that I struggled with. Um, but I think that again, for a lot of it doesn't matter about the archetype so much. A lot of times I see that with women in business because um, but there's this when we're spiritually inclined, it's almost like we we do feel that kind of bit where we're driven, and it's not from you know the point of you're talking earlier on about. Um, you know the money stuff it's not that we're focused on the money but we know that we've got something to do in the world and we just love what we're doing and we just you know want to get on with it right so it's like we're driven but then you know for the nurturer what happens with the the ruler is the ruler will work and work and work and work so there's a tendency for overwork with a ruler okay so it's a bit similar in some respects to the nurturer but the ruler is more focused on getting the task done at kind of at whatever cost you know it's going to be done whereas the nurturer will kind of be a bit more uh, supportive around it and (laughs) nice around it but um you know the the belief that there's not enough and and that they're not enough and they've got to keep going and they've got to do more and more and more so um underneath each of the archetypes there are these unconscious beliefs that run um so a lot of the work that I do with people is about clearing the unconscious beliefs so you know you were talking about the the vow of poverty lot of the you know a lot of we've all got various oath vows promises and contracts that we've made um 
in other lifetimes. We've also got um, beliefs that are handed down on the ancestral level from our ancestors, Mm -hmm. sometimes in our genes, okay, in our DNA, and sometimes in what we call the morphogenetic field, which is around our DNA. So sometimes there are stories and and attitudes that get handed down, and sometimes, you know, they've proven this now in epigenetics that, um, you know, it could be three or four generations back something happened in the family and lo and behold it's actually handed down and you can see history repeating itself repeating itself repeating itself well this is why you know you see people um going into abusive situations which you would think be (laughs) the the furthest thing from it yet they end up marrying somebody exactly the same um you know different packaging you know, I did the same. I'm, I married a Chinese guy. How different can I get from, you know, British? Um, <laughs> but I, I ended up marrying my father, a browbeater. And it's yeah. that, that pattern was in there, even though I thought I'd broken it. It was still yeah. very much in there unknowingly to me. And so yes. we, that cellular level uh, is really, mm. we really do, what we really need to do is just go and clean everything out before we start mm-hmm. these ventures, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, do you know, it's so funny because a lot of the work I'm, I do with people, you know, I, I kind of do things like that. I do the business strategy. So I look at their niche, their branding, their marketing, their packages and pricing and everything. Um, but it's so important, the inner work, which, you know, my started off really working as a healer and a medium. So I've always worked with spirit and intuitively um, did my background in psychotherapy and hypnotherapy and so forth. But bringing both of these different aspects together, because often what I found is that there are amazing people out there that are fantastic at what they do. They don't either they don't know how to run a business, you know, um, or they've got some kind of um, strategies that they're working with and they have some success, but their unconscious beliefs kind of sabotage them. So we need to have both. We need the business know-how, and and we also need to clear our unconscious blocks and, and beliefs. Either one of them will trip us up and will sabotage us, slow us down, or you know, completely derail us. Yeah. Do you so think it's you can you can actually have a you know a, you know maybe you know in the maverick side of me, I have no issue mm-hmm. with money whatsoever. You know, like mm-hmm. the more I have, the more I can do. Um, right. That's the way yep. I look at it because I've got an okay. entire plan here, but it needs money. So the more money that comes in, the more I'm a- able uh-huh. to help other people. Um, but then maybe the nurture side of me is still very much in that kind of, uh, you know, um, I, I've got to keep giving. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. So do you find people who with those kind of signs, are, you know, always in conflict with what, with themselves? For sure. I think, you know, most of us have um, unconscious conflicts going on and that's why we don't achieve our, our goals or our dreams or, we you know, we don't achieve them, definitely not, usually not achieving them as quickly as we'd like to. You know, um, because we slow ourselves down or, or, you know, get completely in the way of ourselves. But what I was saying about the beliefs, remember, you know, so you've talked about clearing um, some some poverty vow. Usually our vows that we make are on what we call the history level. So past lives um, or sometimes on, on that level, we also get kind of generational stuff, which is kind of like more than seven generations back. Sometimes that ends up there on the history level. So... Um, for those that don't believe in past lives, um, we also talk about collective unconscious, okay? So we've got a lot of beliefs in the collective unconscious. Um, so we can clear the vows, and we could have made them in this lifetime. We make vows, you know, when we get married, um, when we join societies or religions, 
Um, I remember, this one's really funny, I remember um, only probably a few months back, I suddenly thought about being a girl guide. (laughs) (laughs) And the girl guide pledge, you know, I promise I will do my best and do my duty to God and blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my goodness, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, and we kind of make, we do these things, kind of like little rituals, without, often without consciously Mm -hmm. thinking too much about it. You know, or we say, you know, like the love relationships, oh, I love you forever, you know. And then uh, often we find people have made those vows in other lifetimes and they still can't, or they're still connected to people that they've divorced, okay. And (laughs) sometimes they've even married again, but they're still kind of energetically married to them the first one right so it's like they don't receive the love fully because they're feeling on the unconscious level guilty yeah so how we do money is how we do everything okay i mean how we do anything is how we do everything so it's all connected so when we talk about money yes it's about um prosperity it's about living our purpose it's it's about success all of that and it's also about love right because if we're not able to receive money or hold on to money if it comes in so some people can get plenty of money coming in but they still can't hold on to it yeah have you ever had that happen (laughs) 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 it seems to be open fingers i keep trying to close them yeah yeah it's like what's going on you know so um and that's really interesting yeah so um sometimes it's kind of like the more you make the more you spend yeah. But the more demands come in. Yes. You know, you think, oh, I've got something, and then it's, no, there's this bill, there's that bill. And, yeah. and suddenly the demands go up, and it's like yeah. you never can get ahead. You know, yeah. I've, I've always believed, and I think this is part of the, you know, the, um, um, the alchemist thing, that just paint your picture of what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always got a little video going of the life I do want. Yeah. How I do want to live it. So the invitation is constantly out there. And I didn't mm. realize the vow of poverty. So, you know, as I said, that's a mm-hmm. recent obliteration yeah. and, and probably remnants of it still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, looking down at, at all of these things, you know, my next one down from the alchemist is romantic. And, you know, uh-huh. and it's like I'm looking <laughs> at all of these things and none of these kind of support you know, financial invitation. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's talk about your shadow archetypes then. So because we in uh, this program, we, what we do is we look at the top three um, and then we look at the bottom archetypes. So the bottom archetype we call the shadow archetype. So you told me when you did uh, went through this process that you had three that yeah. all had the same score, which is really interesting. Um, and then I said to you, well, which one, which one do you not like? <laughs> So you had, uh, what were your three that were at the bottom? Celebrity, accumulator, and a ruler. Celebrity, ruler, and? The accumulator. Accumulator, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the accumulator is your inner banker. So I've I've got one of those. (laughs) All right. So my accumulator wants to hold on to the money. It doesn't want to spend it. All right. It's like about, you know, um, yeah, it's always got got its eye on what's going out and what's coming in. And, and <laughs> it's like the bottom for me. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's quite a useful one to have in terms of um, money. Um, but sometimes, um, again, it, it, you know, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't allow you to kind of have um, things that um, – it, it allows you to spend on things that are essential – so I know for me and a lot of other people I've seen with this one, it's kind of like, well, I don't really need that. So I'll kind of make do, which, you know, okay. But, you know, um, of course, you know, your maverick would be like, well, if you want to have it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
But the one that you really said that you didn't like, uh, didn't think of yourself as, was the celebrity, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, this is the reason I do radio. I like, yeah. you know, being behind the scenes and celebrating people and it's yeah. not a, a visual. So, yes. Yeah. So the celebrity, um, celebrity is your inner big shot. Okay. So, you know, we know celebrities, they're stars on the TV and they've always got, you know, the latest handbag or, um, you know, fancy stuff, all the branded stuff, you know. So, they like to be admired, they like to be visible, they like to make an impression. They're stars, you know, look at me. Um, so, if you're a celebrity, you find it easy to spend on yourself and in your business, but you can often be on a roller coaster with money because of that. Okay, they're born leaders and their purpose is to show other people how to accumulate wealth and to build a business while being admired and valued. Okay, obviously, sometimes what we see and sometimes what people perceive with celebrities, you know, um, everybody, whether, whether somebody's a celebrity or not, they're still a person, right? So sometimes I think we can get hooked up. Um, on, on that image of who somebody is, you know. Um, I've seen some amazing celebrities stepping up and, and doing amazing humanitarian work and sharing really great um, spiritual values, which for me, I kind of I was like, that's amazing, you know, because their position in the world, you know, when we look to the political world and we see leaders and what's been going on, there's a bit of turmoil and so forth, to see some other people who've got huge clout and leverage and, um, you know, are able to influence people to be able to share um, spiritual philosophy and so on is great. But, yeah, so the celebrity, why I kind of, I said to you, oh, that's really interesting. The celebrity um, likes to be seen. Now, what you're doing with the nurturer is putting other people in the position of celebrity and hanging back in the shadows a little bit. Although, you know, you've got two, three shows, haven't you? So, I mean, you're quite out there, yeah, but it's still that little, yeah, it's still that little bit of kind of like, when do you get to speak? When do you get to be seen? You know, so I've seen that a lot. I've spoken on a lot of tele-summits and I see it a lot with people that are running tele-summits, you know, that, um, that, that they are doing all of this and yet they've got so much... Um, information and knowledge and resources that they need to be speaking yeah or could be speaking and often it's because they don't feel um good enough or because they've got visibility issues so the celebrity is going to bring up all of the visibility issues you know like who am i to be able to um do that or um you know if i do that people will judge me you know so um I think this could be a really good one for you to work with. So with the shadow archetype, if you work with and heal the shadow archetype, um, you'll find that will really move things forward for you, you know, because the, the, the top three archetypes are kind of, you know, they're generally quite ingrained in you. Um, I'll give, give you another example. So for me, when I first started working with a system, my lowest one, so my shadow archetype was the connector, which is really interesting. Um, because you were saying about kind of being a bit of a loner and I can do that so um you know I love speaking I love sharing I do quite a lot of uh, talking live on and online I'm great when I'm up front right but put me in a networking room where people are already in twos or threes and I really uncomfortable out of my comfort zone I hear you yeah I hear you yes I don't know how to do small talk I'm not particularly interested in small talk I'd rather talk about somebody's past life or you know <laughs> but I also, oh, I also find you know it's not that I don't want to be a team player mm-hmm. it's just that I I don't feel part of the team 
and you know people turn to me for that maverick you know for the alchemist mm -hmm. even the nurture mm -hmm. side of things yeah. um but i'm i'm not part of the team because i'm just i'm not a group person yeah and it's not because i don't want to be i just it just don't seem to be able to be yeah yeah and and uh, for me, I see. I love teaching, and I love groups. I did, um, you know, my early years did a lot of um, work as a psychotherapist and counsellor. So I did a lot of group work, and I love groups. But from that perspective, and I and I'm quite social, but it's just um, very different. So what I've had to learn to do, and I think this is really good for everybody in business, is to really look at, um, you know, who can support you. Um, because in, relationships are really important to us, so this, the connector archetype is really valuable. Um, you know, each of these archetypes have their role to play. So the connector archetype is great for joint venture partners, for networking, for gaining referrals for your business, for um, finding uh, team people who can support you. So there's you know different areas that you know, as I said, each of the archetypes will work in. Your celebrity is also about your um, your branding, your PR, you know, kind of like your message and kind of being seen and what you've got to say. So for you to work with a celebrity, I think, would be to look at, you know, um, what would have to happen for you to be more visible and for you to be, step forward to share more of your knowledge and for you to be star, yeah? I've got people saying to me, where's your book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have a, my own radio show every week. So uh -huh. it's just me, Sarah's view yeah. of life. And, Which is and, great. And I just, you know, basically just speak to whatever yeah. is going on in either in my life or in the world, whatever. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's my audio blog. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it's put out there because I'm a huge big thing on this free will. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, you listen if you're ready, you listen if you want to. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's all about drink the water when, when you're ready to. Um, I'm patient. Um and I know that there are some people when we're talking back to ruler and I've, I've interviewed mm -hmm. quite a number of rulers where mm -hmm. they're just like the Pied Pipers you know mm -hmm. they can get up there they can and I think they might be mixed with celebrity because mm -hmm. they can get up there they can drum up a crowd they can build up that hurrah hurrah you know yeah. and they can just generate that money and have people opening up their purses uh -huh. and you know and, and uh, in that is it's one actually that in a lot of ways repels me um, uh -huh. Which I think is that nurture thing that coming through there, but I also yeah. respect it, and I wish yes. I was it, you know. So uh -huh. again, the conflict. So these archetypes yeah. are so interesting. Yeah, they are. They are, and you know, here's the thing. Um, often, when we look at other people and we kind of um, are kind of maybe judging them or thinking, oh, you know, I don't like that. Um, often, it's because we've got beliefs going on around yes. that, you know. Yeah. Um, so. I know for me, you know, I uh, <laughs> I think I started off, uh, that's over like 20 years ago now, so something like, I don't know, maybe, well, I started off working for free, I did a lot of work for free, for nothing, I worked a lot in uh, spiritualist churches as a medium, um, all kind of like free or, you know, just petrol money and so forth. Um, I did a lot of voluntary work. Um, and then I started charging, and it was excruciating to ask, have to ask people for money. Yes. 
you know, yes. and I would go over time. So I see this time and time again with therapists and, and healers and, and coaches too. You know, they don't want to put their rates up. They really struggle it's because often they don't recognize the value and the worth that they're giving and what that means to somebody. You know, if you change, I'll tell you about a belief that I changed for myself, okay? I changed a belief for myself one day. I had this particular situation going on and I thought, like, how have I created that? And I went in and I looked and I saw this belief. I pulled a belief, okay? So one day um, I'd had £5,000 come in. Um, somebody invested in a long-term program. And then two days later, they kind of decided, you know, they're having their wobble. Um, so I was like, well, I know that's their decision, but like, how did I create it? And I just found this belief. And I could have not looked. A lot of people would have that situation and not think about it, but I believe we're always creating everything, right? And co-creating it. I found this belief. I pulled it. I had a virtual assistant who used to do my, some of my social media, and I'd given her these quotes, like a Rumi quote. And it was um, the very next day the quote came up, uh, don't grieve what you've lost because it will come around in another form. And I can remember thinking, oh, ha-ha, universe, right? Yes. Like, you know, as if... It was kind of like I just started put put this long-term program together and stuff. And anyway, I had another person come in and I had that £5,000 come back in the very next day. And I was like blown away, you completely see, you know, blown what, away. What, what happens with me, you know, you hit on another point when you were talking about it, and I can't remember if it was Alchemist or what it fell under, is that mm -hmm. um, I'm always coming up with ideas. Um, yeah. and, you know, and it's always about the advancement, in my, in my case, of the radio station. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because mm -hmm. obviously, yes, I have to generate an income. I need to mm -hmm. get it myself. But everything yeah. I'm doing is still uh, of service. You yes. know, that's w that is my mm -hmm. niche. You know, I've got to be of service. And it's of service first before, mm -hmm. you know, before, mm -hmm. the, before the money okay. thing. And it's so, you know, so what's going on for you there, and, and this happens for a lot of people, okay, um, it's almost like you could, you're choosing one or the other. It's almost like you can't have both. I know. Yeah. yeah. So do you know how to muscle test? No. Okay. You can, uh, your hands free at the minute, aren't you? So take uh, two hands, put them up in front of you, and then put your finger and thumb of both hands together so you've got two O's, and then you interlock them. Mm -hmm. Do this so everyone listening can learn how to muscle test super quick. Um, interlock them, and then if you pull, so if you say yes and you pull those two, like you're trying to pull them apart, they should stay stuck if you say yes. Or if you say my name is Sarah, yours should stay locked, okay? So you, it's based on applied kinesiology. The body doesn't lie. The muscles hold tight when it's a statement that's true for you right. or a statement that you believe. Okay, and then if you say no, the fingers should come apart. Right. Yeah? Yep. Did that work for yep. you? Perfect. This is one of the, the tools I use when I'm helping people to identify um, unconscious beliefs because consciously, you know, we believe we want to be um, rich and we want to be healthy and we want to be this and that and the other, we want to be successful. But on an unconscious level, we might have beliefs that, you know, success is um, scary, you know, or it's not safe for me to be successful and that kind of stuff running. So we test these beliefs. So I usually hear people's unconscious beliefs. So as you were talking, Sarah, you were talking about um, profit and service and about having service before profit. Yeah. But what I felt was like a conflict between the two. So um, uh, let me just see what belief you could test. Test this 
for me, slightly off of where we're talking now, but test I have to prove my value. Okay, I'm locked. Yeah, so, um, and I have to prove my worth. So people have these kind of beliefs that it's like almost like there's something around their, their self-worth or how much they can charge or how much right. they're worth, right? Um, and when you um, think about pricing, um, you then tend to over-deliver and put more, you don't want to put more service so that you can make sure that people realize they're getting value from you, okay? And we tend to overcompensate. Right, so that can be something that happens for a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, in, when they're working through this stuff, that they they have trouble putting their prices out, they have trouble asking for the money, asking for the sale, um, and it's all to do with their worth and their value and how they perceive themselves. You know, when we look at pricing, there's all kinds of different um, pricing models. You know, uh, the thing that's important is that when you're looking at your services or your products, your pricing. You want to make sure that you're aligned with your pricing, okay? So if you put your decide you want to put your fees up and then you internally are not feeling aligned with your pricing, what will happen is you'll have people that say things like, I can't afford it or how much, you know, and they're simply mirroring some of your unconscious beliefs right. back to you, yeah? So, um, you know, this is what had happened to me kind of in that situation I was talking about because it was kind of like new to me and I'd kind of done this thing and I was like, gosh, it was more money than I'd ever charged, you know? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd paid somebody else that price yeah, exactly. mentoring, but that was another thing, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's different when it was me asking for it, you know, little me. Um, so I kind of wasn't quite um, strong with my kind of like worth around it. But simply pulling that one belief, the next day it came in and that was that was it. Kind of never looked back. So pulling that one belief was worth £5,000 right. that very next day. And plus everything else that's been since then, you know. So um, that is when we talk about value, we have to look at what is the value that you're giving people, you know. So what is the value? So for me, when I started working with my shadow archetype, what happened was I started speaking on the telesummit. So this is probably about three years back now. Um, I started speaking on telesummits and um, speaking, you know, doing radio shows and teleseminars. I'd been speaking like live and kind of was, you know, quite happy with that. But yeah, so what happened in terms of my business was I ended up with, I think it was over 43 countries now on my mailing list, um, which was kind of like really mind blowing, you know, and yes. um, working with clients all over the world, you know, and I used to have an offline business. I used to see people face to face and kind of do a lot of work that way and as well as a training business. But now I'm pretty much working people Skype only or you know unless it's higher-end clients where I do kind of VIP days and stuff or training but um, yeah so it's amazing so when you actually start working with your celebrity I think you know that your book you know that your book could be out there you know yeah it's like you you know when you stop holding yourself back and when you let go of any of those beliefs that are going on around why you can't be visible um, or why you're not good enough or what have you got to say or whatever it is because it comes out in different ways but you know yeah so for you my darling that that kind of um like I used to have a belief that um it was to do with love and money and that love was always more important to me than money as if you have to choose exactly right? well do you <laughs> so, find that it's also been kind of you know that stigma that's been put on on money you know mm-hmm, it's um, yeah. 
and it's not just to do even with just spiritual people it's that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. money is power money is um, and we look at you know the <coughs> trumpism that's going on right now and and he is the absolute the epitome of the abuse of money um and you know and but then we look at what we call the bernieism which is about the revolution and unison and it's mm-hmm. about still making the money but dividing you know giving everybody the chance to make it rather than just Mm -hmm. the few and so Mm -hmm. i think what it is there's a global shift on 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 monetary gain do you know i think it's so funny that you're talking about this now because two nights ago i i woke up i don't always remember my dreams i had a dream and i was talking to president obama about jeremy corbyn he's one of our uk um, politicians and it's really funny because if you look at what's going on in the world you know I used to be somebody who, who kind of didn't really do politics I thought it was all a bit of a blur yeah. you know I don't like the way um, I don't know, it's, I suppose it's probably the same in, in the US little bits that I've seen of it but you know in the UK I didn't like the way that a lot of the politicians are very disrespectful mm. you know um, and the kind of slang and matches and whatever stuff that goes on and um they say one thing and they get in and then they do another, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, really, if we look at what's going on, it's about power, yeah? Yes. And we're talking about money and money is powerful, but so is love, yeah? Right. And we, we are all love, we're all energy and we all um, can be powerful, yeah? Well, you know, it's like the Pope said, I don't care what faith you are, as long yes. as it's based in love and kindness. Yes. So I think that, you know, I think we're as a, as a human race right now, we're at a crossroads. What are we going to feed? Yeah. You know, are yeah. we going to feed the unity, the love, the kindness, the community? Uh-huh. Or yeah. are we going to feed the opulence and the power yeah. that that is at the expense of community? Yes. But we've yeah. also got to realize we've got to stop giving the power to the wrong people exactly. and start empowering ourselves uh-huh. to be a part of the solution. And yeah. that some and that very often means that we've got to empower our own our own foundation and we need money to do that and you know i can talk to myself like this it's just kind of getting those other layers to actually hear what i'm saying that's right because it's like we some of this stuff is like we we know that but that's on the conscious level but you know just like very briefly because i'm kind of aware of time as well um 95 percent if you imagine an iceberg the 95 percent that's at the that's above the the 95% is below the water is your unconscious and the 5% that's above the water just the tip of the iceberg is the conscious mind yeah. okay so it's unconscious that's always gonna win well as right? I say you know the, the the soul the heart and the spirit have their mm-hmm. own intelligence and mm-hmm. we need to bring them into the conversation yeah. and you know I think we actually need to listen to the soul first because it's the divine mm-hmm. intellect have it yeah. resonate with the heart um, mm-hmm. And then go into the spirit action, and then the mind will know what it needs to know at the time it needs to know mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's you know something I preach and do practice when I can get out of my own way. Um, yeah. So it's but what is we haven't hit on the romantic because is the romantic self the romantic the romantic well you see they can all they can all make money so the romantic if you just love using money to enjoy life you know you spend money because you feel that you deserve it that can be the romantic Um, in business the aim for the romantic is to create financial security whilst at the same time living life to the fullest right yeah so um, you can be extremely generous with your clients as well as maybe indulgent with yourself but you need to find a balance so that you can also create security for yourself so the negative aspect of the romantic they like things you know I've got a romantic in my branding 
Um, so we like nice things, things that look nice and pretty and whatever, you know, like a, my little laptop is pink. I like pink. Everything's pink in Kimmy's world. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's the romantic. Um, that's okay. On the negative aspect, sometimes it's kind of about, um, you know, being very grounded. The romantic may be not looking at, you know, looking through rosy glasses and not seeing things as they are, but maybe seeing the potential. Yeah, and that can happen in our business as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so we can get sidetracked. Um, the, the romantic is your inner hedonist. Yeah, so it's the pleasure seeking. I mean, I do. I have a program that's called the Wealthy Business Goddess. So I love the romantic is is great from that point of view of allowing us to. Um, it's about sacral chakras, about allowing us to have our desires. And our, our desires can be a good thing. And I loved what you were saying earlier about everything being aligned. And you know, I'm very much about um, my sole purpose um, and, and everything that I'm doing is around my sole purpose, you know. So um, the thing is that if we want to do good in the world, you know, if we want to feed um, all these um, children, these orphanages that we want to look after, if we want to help refugees, everything that we would love to do and have going on in the world, it all takes money. Yeah, and energy. Uh, if it's not an investment of um, money, it's going to be an investment of time. So it all takes that investment. But you know, in this world, we money isn't as a tool; it's energy. So if you can create an, an amazing business and you can create more money, you can choose what you want to do with your money. Precisely. That's why you, you, know, you know, be, be as wealthy as you like. It's what you do with yes, it. Because you know, yes. the money is not the the evilness. It's no. it's in the wrong hands that it becomes yeah. that. And yeah. so, you know, I say go and be as rich yeah. as you possibly can be. It's what mm. you give back and what you seed yeah. that's really where the true wealth comes. That's right. right. But, but it's like, you know, we say we, this on a conscious level. So what I'm saying to, to people, I've got on, um, the you know, on my, below the water. <laughs> yeah. on my website, I've got some, a list of limiting beliefs people can download. And when you actually start muscle testing, you'll be amazed. Mm. There's a course that I teach um, where we look at over 100 money beliefs. And it's amazing what comes up, you know, like on the genetic level, on the history level, on the soul level, because also when we're in spirit, we're learning. And so yes. we pick up the leaves, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. But clearing your unconscious blocks will really support you um, in being able to be aligned with your purpose and with your, your dreams and creating, you know, whatever it is that you want to create in the world. And the archetypes are just an amazing way to also help align and to bring these gifts and abilities to, you know, their biggest potential and working in harmony. And the thing is, is that you are what you are. So don't beat yourself mm -hmm. up about it. It's learning how to work with it and realizing, yeah. okay, you know, I, I really have to step out of the madrick or the nurture today. Mm -hmm. and I need to bring up more of the, you know, the celebrity or the ruler or whatever, even though it might be my lowest, I need to tap into it. Um, yes. And it's uh, it's so it's not a question of you are and you're not. It's that mm -hmm. bring up your weakness as your strength today and bring down your strength because it's your weakness today. So it's finding that balance, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah, integrating it. You know, all of our gifts. Um, everything is always serving us. Yeah. But it's about how we bring it together and how we um, how we ground it in the world. Really. Yeah. What we choose to do with it all. I have to have you back again soon because there's so much more to <laughs> talk about. You know, we've only just touched the service today. And I, I know, know. For, for an awful lot of people that are coaches out there, 
you know, um, spiritual, you know, self-development or any of these type of coaches. Uh, many of them are those those nurturers and, uh, you know, placing, you know, when it comes to pricing and placing value on their work, it's the very last thing um, mm. and that they're capable of. And this, you know, basically what you're doing by helping people actually understand what they are, you're actually giving yourself permission to be what you mm-hmm. are. You know, I am that maverick, alchemist, nurturer, romantic, you know, those are my top. Um, yes. You know, and, the, and they are ruling me. So I have to learn to step into, you know, the most certainly the accumulator um, and the connector in order to kind of uh, strengthen my my gifts. Um, so it's very, very mm. interesting. We're going to have to have you back again and, and talk about other things. But how do people book you and um, take this program with you? Because you are a godsend. So people need <laughs> to book you. Thank you, my darling. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love, um, as I said, I've got a website, um, www.kimberlylovell.com. That's two um, L's on the level. Yes, yeah. And people can find me on the website. I think that's the, I'm not sure if that's the link we're putting up on that. I think it is the link. Yeah. So that link, if you sign up on that website, you will also get the Sacred Money Archetypes quiz. And you'll also get my um, Wealthy Business Goddess, Five Magical Keys to Creating a Thriving and Prosperous Business. So in there, I talk about niche and branding and all the different elements bringing that together. Um, So there's lots of goodies there for you. You can find me there or you can find me on Facebook. I love Facebook. I love connecting on Facebook. (laughs) And, you know, Facebook is a wonderful business tool because uh, it's not just about posting. It's about interacting and getting to know people and uh, yes. you know and seeing you know how one can help one another because that's really about what it, it it's about isn't it yeah. is, is we are all part of this global community and we mm-hmm. each have a gift and a strength so how you know it's like the feast what what mm-hmm. dish are you bringing to the table and it's yeah. not going to be a dish that's going to serve everybody but it's a it's a dish that serves the whole yeah so. So you can find me on Facebook and you can, I've got a, a Facebook group that's called the Wealthy Business Goddess Tribe. And so there I'm kind of, we, we talk about spirituality, about money and abundance and business. And we kind of dive into, you know, different elements of that money mindset and so forth. So, so what's yeah, that called? Wealthy? Wealthy Business Goddess. Okay. Let me get it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, we really do have to look at it uh, in a totally different way. And I think a lot of it is now that we're in a different shift, we're in a different energy. Um, mm-hmm. It is about inspiration for invitation now. And and that, uh, you know, I think, I think especially for the older generation like myself in the 60s, uh, there's still that permission to place w- value upon yourself and, yeah. and the monetary worth because it was not something that was there before. And it's a new thing. So mm-hmm. it just requires us to kind of do an awful lot of talking to ourselves on every level, doesn't it? Mm. I'm just thinking as you were talking, and I don't know why, but this came to me. You know, like wine, when mo- wine matures, and it gets very valuable, doesn't it? Yes. I'm not one for drinking expensive wine, but, you know. So as we mature, the more knowledge we've got, the more information that we've got. So, of course, we would be, you know, getting more valuable. Exactly. So it's um, you know never <laughs> never discount your wisdom. It's been hard earned. No, right. Exactly. 
Well, I'm going to have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about and there's so much more you're doing. Um, I think it would be great to actually even kind of look at the, the branding and the sales marketing and all of that because I think uh, that would be wonderful oh, to have you back on Oh, it would be lovely. That. Yeah, thank so you so much. It's been great. I'd love to have you back very, very soon. So thank you so much, Kimberly. This has been fantastic, a real eye-opener and a soul opener and a money opener <laughs> my bank balance has just gone up so <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for me as i said I, and for everybody i'm sure appropriate time because it is one yeah. of the blockages that a lot of coaches do have so yeah. thank you so much and this applies to anybody doing anything in life right you know um, place importance upon yourself you are worth it um, stop putting a monetary gap on yourself and just open up to your own personal abundance and invite and invite and invite and feel worthy and it will be. Thank you so much, Tracy Love. Until next time, folks, we'll speak again.